and we are recording. So in case I don't edit this out, this is a cold open because Triple H is giving a speech on SmackDown right now. Miss V will report. Well, maybe he's not leaving. He's out there screaming, are you ready? Yeah, but you can't trust that. Short weeks, it is once again time for the WWE draft. They're doing a draft uh, that's needed because you know, Rhea Ripley, who was on Raw, is a SmackDown Women's Champion. Yeah, I mean, he's talking like he's about to be around for this draft, so it is time for a draft. The women's rosters need to get swapped up, the women's the tag teams need to get swapped up, so I'm okay with that. I'm definitely okay with that, but I don't think he's going to leave before Bad Bunny. He seems, they seem to have a really good rapport. They do. Even though uh, Vince McMahon tried to disguise He said, when all is said and done, this year's draft will truly change the game. That sounds like a farewell on this way. Or are they going to do... He's about to introduce somebody. Uh Oh. Oh. Oh, Rhea. Oh no, it's Ray. I am. Okay. But I mean, that's his girl, though. That's our girl because me, Young Classic. That's facts. Because I, I, I showed my cousin a picture of her because he watched he watched the first night of WrestleMania with me, and so I showed him a picture of what she looked like when he came when she came across and he was like it's a totally different person I was like yeah because they dressed her up that way because she didn't know what kind of wrestler she wanted to be mm-hmm. so and, she's still rolling with the rest of the Judgment Day I well yeah that's might. my people. Yeah, I wonder. I thought she might separate a little bit, but I don't think she can because yeah. she's a de facto leader. Mm-hmm. Now, Judgment is, yeah. Day. and now Finn. I mean, we know that baby got cut, but was he concussed? Like, can yeah. he get in the ring right now? So it's not like you can because Triple of H- that match. Be like, part of me wants to see what happened, and part of me is like, no, if I'm good. Yeah, Triple H, I didn't think he would shake all four of their hands. Okay, so I just, like, watching this now, I'm like, Damian Priest is way overdressed compared to the rest of them. Like, What's he got on? He's got, like, a whole, like, vest jacket thing. Ray is out there in jeans and a t-shirt. Finn's out there in a t-shirt and some Jordans. But that's, uh, I, that's Damian Priest style, though. I think Damian Priest and uh, Dominic are going to wrestle tonight because they're in wrestling gear. Oh, but the other ones aren't. But apparently, I didn't realize this. Did you guys realize that Finn had gotten hurt a couple of weeks ago? What? No. And he actually like had a really bad calf issue. Like he tore his calf muscle, and what should have put him out for six to eight weeks, he like got healed in three weeks, so he could make mania. What I have to say about that is, I jokingly said during the uh, our mania talk that. Cody Rose and his purple titty ain't gonna have nothing on you Finn. Did. Like, you, you know, really like did. did. And did so now, I'm, so now he's really the man. He's like, oh no, three weeks. I tore my calf muscle. I yeah. came and competed. And if I remember correctly, Finn is older than Cody too. He is. Finn, Finn is, is like forty-one. Forty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cody's like 37, 38, somewhere around there. It it surprises me how. You know, he and Roman are the same age. Yeah. I'm really surprised. Like, they play up the um, the Dusty Rhodes thing. But, like, I'm really surprised they haven't done more with the fact that they're both, like, ring rats and grew up backstage and stuff. And how Ro- Cody could basically be like, you weren't really – I was always in this. You know, I didn't go off to try to play football. And fall back on wrestling, like I've okay. been, I've been there. That's because Cody don't know how to cut no good promo. No, no, wait. Oh, doesn't. wait a minute. He saw racism in a promo. Yeah. So yeah. wait, wait, wait. We got to give him credit for that. No, in all seriousness, let's start right there with uh, our WrestleMania talk with Roman and Cody. As we know, they so they fought for the Universal Title. And oh, excuse me, undisputed title, so not just a universal title. Mm-hmm. And Roman retained. 
Now, when we talked, Miss V and I wanted to be heels and say we wanted Roman to retain. We wanted the adults to cry like the Undertaker's streak was ended. I wanted to drink their tears. What and up, here come... What? I said, what up, Anwar? I had to right, because me and V, <laughs> we tagged tag, We tag team them Monday night. Mm-hmm. I, oh I heard God. you. Now, but you, Madame Lizette, when you got on our Discord chat, because Twitter Spaces is no longer the look, it is you not. were like, I want Cody to win. Okay. So mm-hmm. it was not a I wanted Cody to win. It just made sense for Cody to win. Like, this was his big first time main eventing WrestleMania, his big championship match. All the families in the crowd, negative ones in the crowd. He got all the pyro and all the fireworks and the lights and the entrance and all of that. And so just to me, it made sense for him to win and then Roman get his title belt back in about 30 days at Judgment. No, what is it? It's not Judgment Day. What is it called? I call it Bad Bunny Day. But whatever that, yeah, that one. Mm -hmm. That match, right? Right, that pay-per-view. Oh, payback. But (laughs) um, that made the most sense to me from a like story coming of age thing. But as I learned throughout the night, WWE was basically being sold in the middle of the night. So Mm -hmm. Roman retaining made more sense because you want to show stability in the company and you want to keep your champions. And I believe if I remember correctly, every champion retained. Besides the tag team champions, which no, no, one more, Rhea, Rhea. Oh yeah, and Rhea. But Mm -hmm. both of those made sense too. Like Charlotte, and this is my thought process. And now that we know that she's like on vacation or whatever right now, but Charlotte came back because Ronda wasn't working out, and Rhea challenging her was basically a callback to Rhea losing to her during the pandemic and then with the story that we're telling with Kevin Owens the Sami Zayn versus the Usos it made sense that the two friends who are brothers beat the two brothers and Sammy overcame Jay so those belts made sense and they don't matter as much to the face of WWE the people who retain their titles, your Romans and your your Binkies, like they're the faces of WWE. Them keeping their belts are really, really important. I knew there was no way in the world that the Bloodline was going to lose all of their belts in one weekend. So I had always figured that Jimmy and Jay would lose their belts and that Roman would retain. And one of the reasons why is because that extends their story of him being able to, of Roman being able to be disappointed in them because they didn't retain. So now like he's going to be like, you guys are useless and you didn't do your job. And so, and that's what's basically happened. Like he's, he's kind of disowned them. And so now, you know, that extends their storyline. And then, you know, Jimmy and Jay can get upset. Jay can get upset, you know, they can, and they can continue their, what they had, what they started with. So that's what I always saw happening. Uh, and I always saw Roman retaining. And especially when, like uh, Madame Lizette said, you know, when we found out that WWE was possibly going to be sold overnight, mm-hmm. I was like, there's no way in the world this new owner is going to want to have someone else with the belt over Roman. They're going to want to be the owners when Roman Reigns passes a thousand days as champion. Like they want to have that on their record. So I figured I was like, there's no way. And then also... When Cody came out and I saw the amount of pyro and then I saw him walk over and give his daughter a kiss and then I saw negative one and all that. I was like, there's that this is totally going to be a loss for him because they want us to feel sympathetic for him because his entire family is in the crowd. And I'm like, if they can let John Cena lose when he brought out the Make-A-Wish kids, they Mm -hmm. sure as hell can let Cody Rhodes lose when he gets to lose in front of his kid and his uh, and, and negative one for his first match in the, in the main event. Also, I might have felt differently about Cody winning um, or going over if he had not missed half the year that since Ding. he's been gone for half the year and we barely seen him on television. So I don't think it was right for him to come back and just walk right into a belt. I know what he did for AEW and all of that, but like, 
it didn't make sense to me for him to come back and win the first time. He's going to get it eventually, but I don't think it needed to be at WrestleMania. And so here is where I finish the story. His whole storyline had been, I'm coming back to do what my father was not able to do. And embedded in that was like backstage shenanigans, right? Somebody wouldn't let him. So now I'm going to finish the Rhodes legacy or whatever, or uplift the Rhodes legacy. The thing about that was that A, he was gone for a long time. And it was like, it, it, it struck me of privilege to say, you can come back and automatically get this thing that other people who have been working injured Finn Balor um, or have been there day in and day out should have gotten, but because you're here and you have a story to tell, allegedly, that it should be yours. Like, why was everybody like buying into the fact that like, well, he's here to finish the story. So he has to, does he? He wasn't here. The bloodline story has been in development for two years or longer. And I think we all forget that they were going the shit out of him in AEW. They got tired of him real quick. And we you said, like, we tried to watch his reality show and stuff like that. It was like, you know, there's some there's some things here missing in terms of charisma wise or anything else. So if your whole entire motivation was to finish the story so and you win the belt, now what? Where do you go Monday night? Where do you go next week? It's so, like a payback. Where do you go? People gonna be like, all right, so you finished the story. Who's who who would have been a legitimate challenger? Who would have been interesting? Also, I wanted the storyline for the bloodline to go differently, which was all of them lost their titles and Roman gets talking to them crazy and Jay basically be like, Who the fuck you talking to like that? You ain't got no gold either. Like, I wanted Jay to not only stand up to Roman, but feel comfortable enough to stand up on stand up to Roman because the playing field was leveled. You were, not, yes, you the head of the table, but right now, the bonus checks because you champion ain't coming. The prestige you have because you are a championship, championship holder no longer matters. Like, that was the storyline that I thought would be very dope to tell from that perspective and really kind of putting jimmy and eventually solo in a situation where they legitimately have to pick a side between jay or roman because right now where it is is solo has been like de facto roman's guy and his brothers are on the outs with roman because they lost and for all intents and purposes they're probably going to run this back at payback and jay and jimmy are probably going to lose because that makes the most sense and it makes the most sense because them title belts need to get off of the bloodline like the tag belts do need to be separated just as much as I want Roman to separate the two titles that he has as well. Like this undisputed thing is getting very old when it just feels like nobody's fighting for anything in those divisions because the belts are on one solo person or one solo group. But with the Cody situation, more times than not, the person who wins Rumble and gets the championship match at the pay-per-view the last few years have has been a part-timer of some sort. Roman is one of the few who has basically come back, won his title, and has beat everybody else. But his challengers were Daniel Bryan, who was on his way out, Edge, who is technically a part-timer because his body just can't sustain the work, Brock, who is a part-timer. Hell, we've seen Goldberg, Batista, like all of them. It's always the, ooh, coming back from injury, or ooh, look at this legacy star that we haven't seen in a while coming back to become champion. So it's not fair to tell Cody, well, since you were only here for six months and you've been injured for six months, basically, that you don't deserve to become champion because if he hadn't have gotten injured, he, at least he would have been a full-timer, A, and B, he would have gone the full year. Him being hurt and getting the big, like, comeback win at the Rumble, while predictable, and I talked about this on the last podcast, like, yeah, it was predictable as hell, so it made the Rumble feel less important. There is a group or, or a crowd of people who were like, ooh, I can't wait till he becomes champion, especially since Cody wrote himself out of the championship title picture in AEW. 
What I need Cody to do, honestly, is either go a hunt, like go heal or add some edge to himself that I can yeah. take him seriously. Because yeah. right now it's just this cute baby face. I'm so happy to be here. I'm moving my father's legacy and my kid and all of this. And it's like, dog, go whoop somebody's ass. Like that was the mm -hmm. thing that Seth was kind of bringing out of him was Seth was forcing him to be like, you got to do more than just be the pretty face. You got to be more than a returning star. Like, you have to beat me. And the injury situation and the purple titty, like, it helped because it did give him this, like, grit. And it did give him this, like, strong, I can, you know, I will fight through injury. I can do this. I'm here for a long time, which, of course, makes fans excited. But by comparison, they've done a pretty terrible job of building up any other wrestler to challenge Roman. So it's either yeah. going to be Cody, Jay, and I didn't see the point in Sammy doing it. I most definitely see the point in KO getting his, you know, getting his lick back. Because in KO's mind, he's like, I ain't lose my title. Jay and them got involved. Yeah, one of the things that drives me crazy about Cody and his presentation is that you know, him walking around in the fancy suits and like it made sense for him when he was an executive in the company for AEW, but that's not who he is anymore. So him like, like it just drives me crazy when I see him like coming out to the ring in a suit like he's Triple H and like that's not your character anymore. Like, um, he want to be Triple H though. He does, he does <laughs> but like he needs to, he does need to have some grit or he needs to change something up. Like I think after losing to Roman, he should have lost it and just been like, I did all this. I left all this to come back and you guys still like still screwed me over it. That would have been a really yes. good story. And then people would have got behind him. But to that point, I do think when it comes to Cody, seeing a lot of the responses to people or to him losing from people it really seemed like I don't even know if people were behind Cody or if they were behind wanting to see a WrestleMania moment that they could remember. Like that. there hasn't been a really big WrestleMania moment like that in a, since Kofi Mania. Uh, so That's it's been it. a while. So because I saw people saying like, this is the hottest he's ever going to be. You should have done it while he's really hot. Now people are not going to care about him as much. And my thought was like, if all it took was him not winning at Mania for you to no longer think he's a relevant wrestler in the WWE or for the irrelevant for the title, was he ever re relevant to begin with? No. Like, it shouldn't have happened. Like that, that, like, so I was just like really surprised that people were just outright saying like, I wanted to, like, they wanted to see the moment. They didn't really care who the moment happened with mm -hmm. they just wanted to be able to say they saw something you know and so with cody it's just like if if that's all it took for you to no longer care then you didn't really care about cody as a wrestler and as um because you would have stopped caring in two months you would have been like i saw the moment now what that's exactly what i said like you know and now what like yes at wrestlemania everybody would have had it right the the raw after mania everybody would have had it if he came out today yeah everybody would have been like popping but then it would have started waning. Yep. And that's why I said, like, a payback. And then what? The You're right that we really shouldn't be penalizing him for not being, for being injured. However, it's the story. The one thing when you get involved with the bloodline is that their storytelling is so deep and nuanced that if you don't have a story of your own and not just I'm gonna finish the story because that is so conclusive then then where do you go from there but down right but where where we were starting to say about Cody is that I mean or it is spoken in his intro is more than one royal family right and really really establishing the family the royal family of who the roads are and i know that that's a little bit hard when dustin is at aw and whatnot and what you can show but you still own gold dust footage you still own the wcw footage where you can literally 
put those packages together. But he also said that he's tired of people bringing up Dusty Rhodes and that Mm -hmm. he wants his own thing. So you have to have something compelling and that has legs. And he does, he hasn't had the time to really have that be developed. That's why I don't think that this WrestleMania was ready. And, and for that reason, like, look how everybody kind of was like, we just wanted to have that moment, but they weren't really invested in it. That person could have been, um, let me try to think of something. That person could have been Mustafa Ali, like, and they could have built it as David versus Goliath. People would have been just as pumped because you're right. They did want that moment and it really wasn't about him and what, what he's bringing. And as far as those suits, what is his character? Yeah. The guy who left. I mean, well, then he needs to be a little bit more twisted because well, that Captain dude, uh, he's more. Uh, he's Captain shit. America, not Homelander. He's Captain America. He's more he Homelander little... than he is Captain, or he I was mean, anyway. I mean, first of all, Captain America is black now. What are you, what you trying to say? I know we call him like. He ain't Jamal. Evans. I mean, okay. and I and I and I might take a I might take some actually he probably but... likes Superman if you want to be honest. He he wants to be, but if I was yeah. if you're gonna speak about Captain America, Captain America is Chris Evans. I Anthony Mackie ain't earned it yet. Like I know he had like the TV show, but we gotta wait till he's to the movie before we could actually give him that title because I'm you know what he don't I'm got not... the jawline. He don't got that he don't got that jawline <laughs> like Chris Evans does. Sorry, he's please. one of you know what. Anthony Mackie, I'm going to be like real controversial for a second. Anthony Mackie is the epitome to me of the tweet that I saw about Van Jones this week in regards to Trump being uh, indicted. And that was like, uh, Van Jones says some things like, oh, he's an old man, you know, whatever. And I feel sorry for him. Yeah, like bullshit. And um, somebody said that like Van Jones is a type of brother that when all the other black people are talking and they see you, they see him coming, they say, all right, I'll talk to you later. Like all the conversation yeah. stops. <laughs> I don't know Anthony Mackie that bad. Damn. He's that to me though. He's that to me. There's something that don't curl all the way around to him. I certainly don't want to sit on his face. And he it's just goofy. like... That's really what it is. He goofy and he, he look is goofy, goofy looking at times. No, no. I mean, listen. I don't... I'm goofy. No. Mm-mm. It's, it, it, this goes back to... His earlier roles, like I remember Panther with Kerry Washington and some other. No, there's just something about him. He said, some, he, he said some stuff that was questionable. Yeah, I think he did some about something about black women too that was a little questionable. So just I say get you it. Want white women and go home, you know, like, like, and that's fine. But it's just something about him where I'm not like my brother, my brother. Like yeah. you can't threaten him with a Dr. Umar like meme okay he's not gonna care yeah oh girl which is funny but because i'm pretty sure he he was i mean he's divorced now but he was married to a black woman like his mm-hmm. kids are um so i yeah. color me shocked yeah because <laughs> he's okay. trying, like yeah he was married he's got like two or three kids boys i believe yeah well somebody no. let him impregnate him okay we digress all right so you're right so you know what though i mean we talked about it uh is there anything that you want to say about cody my last statement about cody is that um there was no pharaoh i did think that his entrance was going to be bigger yeah or more unique he talked it up and it didn't really like it wasn't a lot at all he wanted no. fireworks and he got them. That was the talk. Okay, he got good fireworks, but then Roman got had better fireworks, and so and Roman, like, well, Roman had better fireworks, and he got better like graphics that we could see the three D graphics they show or whatever for the TV yeah. audience. Yeah, he had yeah, a conductor out there. He oh, wait, had no, a piano, like a piano player. Yeah, he had yeah. like six pianists, six pianists yeah. out there. Yeah, he had the better entrance, and they played yeah. like apparently somebody said that if you listen to it, if you replay it back. There, I mean, it might have been UV. There are 
notes of the um oh miss ash of the shield okay yeah, that ash. Said it. Yeah. there are notes of the shields theme song mixed into that one which i think is really dope that but cool. my last thing for cody and this idea popped in my head or thought popped in my head when jj was talking which was if cody's whole get down is i don't want dusty to be the defining thing of my career forever then that is the Probably perfect not. reason to go heal yep. yes like yep. that is the perfect reason to be like i gave y'all exactly what the fuck you wanted i followed everything dusty would have done i talked him up and what did he get me a loss and then brock wolf my ass like yeah. <laughs> i'm yeah. not gonna keep being this company man this nice person like i'm gonna do this my way the same way you know he did it on the indies which was his way like yes he got introduced to the Bucks and the and Bullet Club and all of that, but he basically came into the Indies on some like I'm a friend of a friend, but I'm Cody fucking Rhodes, like, <laughs> and I do what I want because my name is important and you want me because I'm an ex WWE superstar, yeah. and I'm just like then we need to go that route again, but this time basically tell the world how WWE has done nothing but disrespect your family, disrespect mm -hmm. you, how your mm -hmm. father told you you should leave. Like, mm -hmm. let's make it make sense and let's make that heel turn happen. I don't know why he's so afraid or why he refuses to become a heel character. I don't get it. Like, he's too good to be heel or something. Like, I don't understand that at all. But at this point, he's been this babyface role since basically joining AEW because he was a heel when he made it to the indies and then he eventually became a face because all in or all out. I think that one was All In. Yeah. Okay. All In was such a spectacle. And mm -hmm. as a person who, like, watched it live, it was one of those, like, really magical moments in wrestling that you just, you have to kind of be there or had to watch it in real time to understand why it felt so important and so significant. But since All In, he's been basically coasting this babyface life outside of, like, kind of sort of breaking up the bullet cup or whatever. And he refuses. And it's just like, no, you need to go back to that because you need some edge to you. And the fans want to, they want to boo you for being a bad guy, not boo you because they're bored of you. Yeah. Because he's not champion and we'll see what happens with him and Brock, but most definitely because he's not champion, they're going to turn on him. Yep. It's coming. Oh, sooner yeah. rather than later. And yeah. I think and that Roman, it should be his blueprint, right? About what could happen if you are more authentically yourself or if you turn, you know, like they wouldn't turn Roman and now look at him. And I, I hate the fact that him and Dusty, Dustin are not as close. People yeah. assume that because they work together and because he did join his brother at AEW, that him and Dustin are very close. But from watching interviews and things of that nature, I would say where they were, when he was in WWE and where they were when they're at AEW are two drastically different places. Like yeah. when they were both in the WWE, they barely spoke to each other, even after Dusty died. Um, when they got to AEW, they had started working on mending and changing their relationship. And Dustin's addictions and things of that nature play a factor and a role as to why they are not as close as they could be. Um, and it also sounds like there's jealousy on Cody's side because Dustin has all these memories with Dusty that Cody doesn't necessarily have. He always has felt like wrestling has come in first over him with Dusty and that's also created some points of contention and I think like Cody, Cody's from a different wife and all that jazz as well, right? But either way they're not as close as we think they are so I get why they don't use the gold dust stuff in any of the promos because I don't think Cody would be comfortable with doing it even when they did make it to AEW they were a part of the nightmare family or whatever but eventually Dustin went off and did his own thing and Cody went off and did his own thing like they still are not as close as we would like for them to be because they're brothers because they're just a lot of there's some I hate saying it's bad blood but there is some bad blood between them that is going to take some like decades of therapy and some family counseling to really get them through. Miss mm -hmm. V, you have anything else to say? Because if you don't, I have a question for you. No, I was just like, um, I would guess 
you know, he had to sneak Brandy in. That's all I gotta say is like we haven't <laughs> seen her on WWE TV in a long time, and he made sure to sneak her in on WrestleMania. So they also made sure to call her Brandy Rhodes and not Eden Styles. Yeah, well, that name is stupid anyway, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are the person that I think of when it comes to the New Day podcast. Okay. And the first feud that I thought of with Cody Rhodes is Woods. Yep. Madame Lizette, are you familiar with their rivalry? I don't think so. They went to rival high schools. Really? Yeah. And apparently Cody might have been dating a girl that Woods either liked or wanted to date as or or dated too. And okay. there was like a whole situation at a bowling alley where I guess Cody showed up. What the if Woods tells it, he's like, he showed up in a leather jacket and he was just trying he to act like cool. he, Yeah, trying to be real <laughs> cool in front of the girl and da 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 da. Like he he uh he did he had this whole thing and uh and so he said like that was like the beginning of the rivalry. And I think I guess they were both wrestlers too mm-hmm. at school and they met up at one I think they wrestled maybe one time against each other, but Cody was like in a bigger weight class or something like that and ended up beating Woods. So there's always been like a thing there between them, but then, but they're, but they're now they're like good friends. And so they like, you know, they have like an interesting rivalry, like, but it's, it's playful at this point, but back then, like it was was over a girl. And, and, and and you know like that and the fact that we all know that Woods was a wrestling fan it's like dude your father's yeah. Dusty Rhodes and Dusty Rhodes is at the is Ooh, is is at the sidelines cheering you on that shit sucks so they got mm-hmm. some new pants sorry Jay Uso was wearing some new shorts Ooh. And, and so look at him, we were like, ooh, sure. Has he got the calves out? What about the thighs? No, no, he got he don't got the calves. Oh, he does have his calves out. Yes, he ooh. does. You said <laughs> shorts. If he have yeah. his calves out, well, we have I mean, you know, big Well, like, I saw no, I saw like um the knee pads, so I thought he was wearing tights underneath, like um like compression. Wait, he got knee pads pants. on too. Yeah, but you can see his calf muscles. Like he's got some okay. tats, he's got tats on his calf muscles. But he's wrestling by himself, so he's doing a, a singles match. Is Jay? Yeah. Okay. Oh, you mean, excuse you, main event? Jay. Main event, Jay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Jay. Mm-hmm. How did he become? Oh, he's fighting uh, Sami Zayn. How did he become the finer Uso? Like, I don't know what it was because for the longest time it was Jimmy. Jimmy was the guy. And I don't know. I, it, it, maybe it's this mullet, but like, Jay is fine as hell. Like, it's, honestly, I, for me, Jay started getting in the gym. Yeah, he lost weight and he got and like really started like slimming and trimming himself up. And you could tell that he was taking this main event Jay, like main event opportunities very seriously. And he wanted to be in really good shape for it. And then Jimmy just keep fucking up. Like at some point. Yeah, the cuteness wears off because you a fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah and I yeah. need for him to do better for Naomi. I need for, for Trinity. Excuse me, Trinity Star, Trinity Tattoo, whatever. We want. I need for him to do better. Yeah. All right, we're only on one match, and we got two Sorry. matches and yeah, other we, stuff. So we're going, we're going power through. All right, so the so we're going from the bottom up. We're starting with night two. We started with the main event. Then the match before that was Edge. Uh, excuse me, Brood Edge, defeating the demon Finn Balor by pinfall in a Hell in a Cell match. Any thoughts on that? Um, I'll just say I was disappointed in the entrances only because I was told we were getting a Brood reunion and I thought we were going to get to see Gangrel and Edge and... Um Christian. and Christian back. I was really hoping for that. Or and then once it didn't happen, I was at least hoping for the music because right the has like the best entrance music, one mm-hmm. of the best entrance songs ever. So I was just hoping we would get that. Um, and then we didn't, and so I was a little upset. But Edge had that dope ass mirror mask over mask dope. So I was like, all right, I'll take that. But. But then once we didn't see them in the intro, because I had built up my hopes, 
I thought we were going to get interference from Judgment Day, and then that's when Gangrel and Co. were going to run out and be this and save Edge there, but it didn't happen. But it was a good match, despite you know, um, Edge uh, knocking Finn Balor out with that with the with the ladder. Like he really clocked him hard as shit yes. with that ladder. That was no joke. And then to see how big the the cut on his head was, and it was crazy because I remember people the, like the day of the event were just like. If this were AEW, they wouldn't have stopped the match. And I'm like, well, duh. That's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah. Because <laughs> I have That's some words problem. for them, actually, from their weekend show. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah they did We can get there. They did some <laughs> stupid shit on their weekend. weekend yeah, hours. like, uh, what? No, yeah. no, no. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. But, yeah, just like, you know, when you, like, because they're like, it's a cage match and there's no blood. There should be blood. But then when you see how big of the gash was. It's like no shit. They stopped the match. Like he could have really like that was a big ass gash in that dude's head. You don't mess around with cuts on people's head like that. So clearly they're both pros in the way that they handle that. Because like Edge did a really good job trying to act like he was you know setting more stuff up in the ring by like grabbing tables and everything while they while they literally stapled Finn's head to, at this on the side of the ring, which was just crazy to see that happen. But I think it was a good match. I do wonder though, like. The last times that last two times that we've seen the demon, he has taken a loss. And I don't know if he's supposed to lose. I feel like the demon is supposed to he's supposed to kind of be a little bit untouchable a little bit. Um, because mm-hmm. at least he was in the NXT. So for him to come up to the main roster and for it to not be the same was interesting. But I, but to end it all, I was happy to see that he brought back his original music. I'm glad that he didn't have to do the demon with his new song, which is not bad. His new song like mixes in his his old music, but I, I was good to see his old song um, and the fans get into it with him. So around this time, the edible had really hit me hard. So like I was just so geeked and excited. I thought Edge's entrance was really dope, but like as a person who loved Demon Finn in NXT and got to see his farewell NXT match at a house show and all of that for him to bring out not only like the face paint and body paint and it looked fucking spectacular him also bringing back the music and doing the poses and the light show and everything like by the time they both got to the ring I was like matches it's a five-star match for me I'm good like we don't have to do anything else and then I think they had like a really pretty decent good match. Edge continues to surprise me with how he continues to kind of like reinvent his character, also reinvent his entrance, and just like yes, he's Edge and he's Brood Edge and he's you know the main event superstar Edge and like he's amazing. But at his age and the fact that he lost so much time due to injury, for him to be like, I'm going to knock this out the park. Like, it's the very last time you're going to see me again. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate. Um, I missed the injury, so I have not seen. All right. I don't know what Finn's head looked like. Um, and I'm very happy that I did not see it because I'm queasy with those kind of things. But I think the match was dope. It had a really good build um, as far as like getting to the ending. I do think that Finn should have won, though. Especially yeah. if we're going excuse me, through the Edge World Tour um, because his last match, it sounds like, is going to be SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. I think that, like, he could afford to take some losses if he's not going to be on the roster. And Finn, in all his greatness, deserves the win, and so does the Demon. I think that the main roster, Vince, whoever has mishandled the Demon Finn so much since he's coming from NXT and it was an attraction and a big deal back in NXT. And now it just feels like it's a gimmick and it's lost some of that importance and significance. But for Edge to say, bring it out, I want to see it. And then him to put all that thought into what the interest is going to look like and them deciding to go with the new old music and all that. Like, I think that made the, the demon feel special. So the demon should have won. Like I didn't realize that Edge's contract is almost over. Mm-hmm. And that this would be his last WrestleMania. Um, and so once I found out that it was his last mania, I was like, well, there's no way they're going to have him lose. So I saw that side of it. But yeah, I agree. I think, you know, the demon and Finn needed to take the win there. 
So it's a three-peat. I think that he should have won. However, I mean, more or less like the changing of the guard, right? So that the Judgment Day, which was started by Edge, could have been the new brood. However, I wonder how much of that got changed on the fly because of the injury. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm just calling it neutral and a wash and just say that I'm glad that they handled it the way that they did, especially because WrestleMania is that time of year where non-watchers, people watch it, you know, like everybody mm-hmm. watches it. And so to have like a whole bunch of blood or not being handled carefully, I think would have done far more damage to the company and the company's uh, reputation than if they didn't handle it with care. So I'm glad about that. And speaking of calling an audible, the match before that had Snoop Dogg defeating The Miz via pinfall. <laughs> yeah. Why y'all got to giggle? You know that was an awesome transition. It was um, good. It was. Okay. Now, I think that there has been some controversy of did Snoop Dogg know to go into the ring did he call an audible himself like to go into the ring and and punch the miz in the face or because i i think that he came into the ring tentatively like i don't know what to do here but when we got to the people's elbow you can hear ref jess say people's elbow snoop people's elbow yeah which he did yeah i think he was supposed to that was supposed to be the ending anyway yeah i just think it had to it ended up happening sooner than it was supposed to like i think shane was supposed to get a couple of his licks in and then and then miz would have been laying in the middle of the ring and then shane was supposed to call snoop into the ring and be like here you go and you hit the people's el- elbow so i think that part was just planned i think uh snoop called the audible and was like oh shit i need to get in there faster and so he did his little, like, cause he really, I, it looked like he really did clock Miz in the face. Yeah. Um, with those first two punches. <laughs> Yo, them first two punches. I like, I remember yeah. being like, is he mad at Miz? Like, yeah. Like he really hit, he really hit him. But I think, I think the two punches were him being like, oh shit, what do I do? And then it got to a point where once the Miz was on the ground, that's when Jess was like, people's elbow. And told him to to end the segment that way. So I think, yeah, I think it ended the way that it was supposed to. Just the middle part did not work. I do not understand why they keep trotting Shane out there. Thank you. To do the same stuff that he was doing when he was in his 20s. His feet don't move fast enough anymore. Because his daddy want to try to make him happy. Like, knowing what we know now about the sale of WWE, Vince being basically brought back in by Endeavor to be on the staff and all of that and potentially changes that Vince was making at WrestleMania and at the night after at Raw. Because remember, he was fired. Yeah. Shane got fired for like behavior um It was because of Mania like, when he like when he booked himself in Mania mm-hmm. to, and, to win. Yeah. So he was already out here doing like things that we considered or they considered detrimental to the roster and to like what their purpose or whatever is and it just sounded like Vince was like I can do what the fuck I want so we're gonna write this in do you think that might have been Shane's last appearance because now there's new owners like Vince might have been like okay let me get you in one last time because you're not about to be a part of this like you were I hope so in the past yes oh and then allowing him to kind of go out on top or on his own accord or try to he had to be carried out out yep I still contend that Snoop Dogg was the MVP of the entire weekend just for outfits alone but then you know for other things saving the segment i mean my kid who kid number five who refused to watch it with me but came back and was like you didn't tell me snoop was there you didn't tell me and showing me the little clip on social media like you didn't tell me this happened i was like because you didn't want to watch it so get out my face (laughs) but (laughs) but he was very much impressed with with it especially when snoop was like you all right cuz and he asked me, <laughs> he was like, who are we talking to? The dude he hit or the dude that got Probably injured? Probably both, said, if we being honest. Said, yeah. 
it was so we got lots and lots of joy from that I feel like, and this just might be me being like the pettiness in me coming out, but I feel like the only reason why they asked Snoop to be the host of WrestleMania this year was because they wanted to fucking spite Sasha or Mercedes. Like, Well, I think that's part of it, but also he is kind of like the king of LA. Well, yeah, but like, they weren't asking him to come do that when he was working for AEW like a year ago. Yeah. But they weren't in LA a year ago like that, were they? But it doesn't matter. Like they weren't AEW wasn't in LA either. They were in Florida. I think there was some truth to that of like, you know, we're gonna have your uncle here. But I think I think more of it played on the fact that he is miss he. When you think of LA, you think of in California, you think of Snoop Dogg. So I think, and he's and he actually is a wrestling fan. So but it just felt real weird to me. I was like, "Mm, this feel a little tainted. Yeah. Okay, now that you've said that, it makes me think about some of the rumors that we're hearing about Bailey mm-hmm. and some other people who are asking to leave. And one of the reasons why they are asking to leave is because with Vince being in charge or being back in whatever capacity that he is back with power, I should say, Vince being back with power, that some wrestlers know that he will be petty to them and that there will be some type of retribution. We've seen the Attitude Era and some of the things that he's capable of doing and they don't want to be a part of that. So if you think, both of you think that there's some underlying pettiness uh, towards Sasha by having Snoop there, then I could see Bailey, Miss Pam saying, oh shit, writing's on the wall. But here's here's the other thing that I think we need to keep in mind though. Um, they've been planning WrestleMania for a year. So likely Sasha was on the roster still when they planned WrestleMania. Uh, or when they even announced it, so she was likely still on the roster. Kind of. So, like, how how long ago did Vince come on board again? Like, I guarantee at least you, around the first of the year, like at least four months, because he came back home for the sale. Yeah, yeah but I would and imagine- remember Sasha and Naomi won their title belts at WrestleMania, at Mania, yeah. and then pretty much like a couple months later, stopped showing up to work. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, as far as Snoop, though, like, they probably had to schedule him months in advance. It wasn't like they just called him a couple of weeks ago and were oh, like, yeah. like, like I said, it, there's a slight, like, I could see yeah. him being petty. But yeah, I also there probably recognize is some pettiness there for sure. That, like, WWE. Logistically Dang. and all of that stuff. It's Ooh, pre-planned, main event, it's in LA, it makes sense. Yeah. Main event, Jay just beat Sami Zayn. Oh, they getting them title belts. Let's go. In a one-on-one well, match. Well, that I'm good to hear it. Oh, well, wait a minute. So, no, it's 9.55 Eastern Standard Time, which means there should be five minutes left in a broadcast. So, we're just going to pause for the cause so you can tell us what, what pops off in these last five minutes. Oh, and something else I want to say before we get started. Go for it. Part of the reason why I feel like they have Triple H coming out here and making these promos on Monday and Friday is mm-hmm. because they know that the the wrestlers backstage love him. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to put on this really brave face that nothing's going to change. They're here to stay. Huh? It's going to keep rocking this way. But it's very hard to do that when we're in like a 24-hour news cycle. And the rumors are that Triple H is out in a couple of like a couple weeks, couple months, whatever. So it's like you got to put him out there because you want people to want to stay. But I don't think the Grizzly Young Veterans are the only people who have asked for their release and gotten their release granted. I'm pretty sure there's more than that. Hell, Charlotte lost her title and was like, and I'm going with my husband on an island. Hold up. Sorry. What happened? Uh, uh, Sola Sokoa was whooping uh, Sami Zayn's ass. He was about to hit him with his finisher and Jay just came and stopped him. So now him and Jay are like arguing in the ring. Mm. Let's go. Tell this story. Solo looks like he wants to hit Jay. With the with oh, the uh, Samoan side. Uh, see, they swerved us again. What happened? So they were arguing with each other and Sammy was like on his knees looking like he was like, thank you, Jay. And then Jay uh, super kicked him in the face. 
And so, yes! now Jay, so now Jay just told Solo to go grab a chair. So now Jay is whooping Sami Zayn's ass. And then here comes, oh, Matt Riddle's back. Uh... <laughs> I like how everybody's like, oh. Yeah, he's, wearing, like, he's wearing briefs now. It doesn't look right. Who's who's cool? in their panties? Matt Riddle. <laughs> Don't see that. Not who's in who in their panties. He's I in purple panties right now. He's wearing purple panties. Like, Don't nobody want to see that. <laughs> no one wants to see that. Not even his own wife or soon to, to be wear shorts, But now he's actually in briefs now, and it don't look right because he got little calves and little thighs. Because he don't be no doing leg day. He don't be doing no leg workouts. Nobody wants to see. <laughs> So Jay really swerved us, but they had so they Solo was whooping Sammy's ass, and they had and Jay was in the corner looking like, man, I don't want to. He should. I don't want to watch him do this. He shouldn't be doing this. Like he looked conflicted, and then he stopped. He stopped Solo from doing the finisher with you know doing um, Umaga's finisher, and then when when Sammy thought it was gonna be over, he super kicked him in the face. I do think that, like, it's not necessarily a swerve that Jay does feel bad, but yeah. he also does not know how to, like, levi- officially turn on his family. So yeah. he's like, I got to keep up fucking appearances until I figure this out. Yeah. Because I do think that, I do think that Sammy really won him over and that he truly believes that Sammy was genuine and that he, like, didn't want to betray Roman, but he felt yeah. like he was put in a corner where he had to. But also him going, I remember what it was like to be Roman's bitch, basically. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go through that again. And I don't want to watch my family go through that because he really is only coming back and wrestling because he doesn't want Jimmy to get his ass whooped. Yeah. Hmm. All right. What's the next WrestleMania match? Because we really do keep getting distracted. Yeah. We do. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so- Shouldn't it be Binky and Oscar? It is so. It's another. So in other words, the SmackDown is over. Yeah. Okay. So are you gonna turn on AEW? Nope. Hell no. All right. So then we gonna we so then we we gonna roll through this. But yes, I would say the one of the best inch. Oh fuck it, the best entrance of night two with Bianca Belair and defeating and only wearing Oscar. Uh, to the ring via pinfall. So what do y'all think? They had a 16.5 second match. Ooh. And it was for the Raw Women's Championship. So what did y'all think of the match? Starting with the entrances. So I feel like that this match was, for me, the best match. And it might be because of the entrances. But I feel like the women was wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like... Oscar is amazing and as a part like to see have seen her at Royal Rumble and to recognize she came back in even better shape and she's moving so quickly and Binky to be able a to keep up but B like this is her third WrestleMania she's been in there with three different types of wrestlers between um Becky Sasha and now Oscar it really just solidifies me that Binky is the future right my only issue, which I said this in the spate or in the Discord, was Binky needs a submission of mm-hmm. some sort. Mm-hmm. Like she just needs one. And the one thing that got a little frustrating for me for their match was every time Oscar would try to submit her, it was roll out of it or figure out how to get out of it. And I was like, nah, you need to submit her back. Like you need to put your dominance on her and not just power your way through it. And so that's probably my only thing with Binky. It's like, Binky, I need you to get a submission of some sort. And I know people are like, but she's a powerhouse. She doesn't need one. Brock got a got a submission. Roman got a submission. Bobby Lashley got a submission. Rhea has a submission. Charlotte has a submission. And those are other powerhouses who have one. So she can also have one. She can find one that makes sense for her. But this was my favorite match. Even after seeing everything, seeing Roman, seeing... Um, Cody, whatever. This was my favorite match. I think that they legitimately tore the house down and they took WrestleMania from being like a, oh, this is a good show. to like, oh, this is a great show in their interests and then their like 16 minute match for me. I, I feel like Asuka and Bianca were the two wrestlers that took to heart the fact that they were in Hollywood. Because I feel like 
all of us expected grander entrances from everybody after them doing all those you know um trailers with the with the with the wrestlers where they were you know redoing you know famous movie scenes and stuff like that i thought the entrances and just the show in general would just be much more star-studded and theatrical than it actually was um because everything from the entrances to the gear like those two nights were just not what it should have been so i think oscar and bianca took it to the level that I thought everybody was going to take it to. So I was really happy to see that. And then from a wrestling standpoint, yeah, they had, you know, they had an amazing match. I thought that Bianca may be wanting to take a break. Um, Cause you know, she's been carrying the division for, you know, a year now or more than that, you know, and then she was doing like the bodybuilding competition at the same time and making gear and all this stuff. So I thought maybe she would, you know, take the L because also Asuka, as dominant as she is, has never won at WrestleMania, which is crazy. So I thought this was going to be the here you carry the belt for a little bit so I can take a break. But then again, but again, once I found out that a new owner was mm-hmm. coming on board, I was like, okay, they're going to have her keep the belt because. One, because they're probably racist and don't want to have somebody that doesn't speak English as well as they would like be, you know, the face of the organization that they just bought. Um, and two, uh, you know, they want she Bianca just hit a streak that night. Like, I think that night was exactly 100 days that she had carried the belt, I believe, something like that. So they wanted to have that streak underneath their reign as well. So I thought Oscar would take the win. But once I heard some other factors, I was like, okay. It makes sense that she didn't. didn't um, I think it's Binky. She has, she won the title last WrestleMania and she has won and then carried the title for a full 365. Okay. Got yeah. It. yeah. Listening to you all, I really thinking like from start to finish with the entrances and the story that they told in the ring, which was far better than this buildup. I think that it was a story of technique versus power and technique. So while I agree that just for future reference, Bianca should have a submission, I think the story was, how do you overcome power? You can't. So she proved to be the EST, like I'm the strongest for sure. And I'm sorry, you can't have those babies, the divas of confidence, come out and dance you to the ring with those ponytails and you not win. Mm-hmm. So it's, and I know you're going to say John Cena and the Make-A-Wish kids, but we're going to get there. I just feel like Bianca for her streak that I hope will never be broken is the fact that she delivers in terms of entrances and gear and those concepts and the fact that she lives in her blackness. I think that that's like unbelievable because I'll say this, like my mom is not going to sit here and watch all of the wrestling. But one thing that she does want to see are the entrances and the gear. And I showed her everybody's and she had comments on everybody's, but she knows Bianca Belair by sight. She asked for her. When I was showing her night one, she was like, well, where's Bianca? I said, oh, she's night two. Okay. I mean, that's high praise because my mother looks at my kids and be like, which one are you? But she knows Bianca Belair. That's cute. Okay. Gunter. I'm not Samantha. Versus, well, he defeated Seamus Andrew McIntyre by pinfall. I think that in terms of storytelling and brutality, that it delivered on that. And that each man came to the ring a star and left the ring a bigger star. I would agree with that. I think, you know, that was it was the match that we all expected it to be. Like it didn't under deliver. It didn't it probably over delivered. Um, you know, it was it was the biggie match. They should have had him commentating the whole thing. Yes. Uh, that mm-hmm. would have been cool to see. Um, but you know, it, they put on a show. And so I I think the right person won, um, again, there's a lot of streaks that were happening at WrestleMania 
that did not get broken because he's got a streak going to for longest title holder of the Intercontinental Championship. So there was a lot of uh, a lot of streaks that did not get broken that those two nights. But um, yeah, I thought I thought the technically the match was really good. It was you know it was a slobber knocker as Jr. would say. I was really surprised that Sheamus was not wider than John Cena was, which we'll talk about. Earlier. Um, but they, yeah, I thought it was a really good match. I was a little upset that Samantha Irvin didn't get to announce Gunther, um, because I, that's one of the best parts of SmackDown is hearing her announce Imperium before their matches. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I thought it was a, it was one of the best matches on the card. If not, you know, it's probably top two match in the card for me. Awesome. Agreed. It was big meaty man slapping meat. Literally, the only thing we were missing was Big E. And I, but I do know that he watched the match and he made a comment that that was A, his favorite match, and B, <laughs> a match he wanted to be a part of. <laughs> like, Big E got everything he wanted out of that match, and I love that for him. They, like, showed out. I don't know if it was, like, night two decided night one didn't do enough, but night two, they came out swinging. Like, was that night two? I thought that was night one. This no, is night, night two. two. Jesus. They came out swinging and everyone was like, oh, we're going to be better than whatever they were doing last night. Like, <laughs> and not even like night one besides that one match that we'll get to. The the night one matches were good. The entrances weren't as grand, but the like the night one was good. But no, 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 no. They, they was like, no, 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 no. We're going to be out here. We're going to wrestle. We're going to slap each other around. I think Seamus Andrew both were like red and scratched and Walter's chest where Gunther's chest was beat up. Like they did a really good job and there was no interference. So Butch and um, Rich Holland didn't come out and interfere. Like they 100% let those three men carry and beat each other up. And then, you know, the best man won, which I love. Can I ask the question? Um, Everybody was really pissed about Gunther having to switch to his name and not be Walter anymore. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the name now? Do you do you think it works for him now? Because I know a lot of people were really mad about that. I like it. Um, one thing, I can't remember who it was that said it. It might have been, I think it was Triple H when he talked to Ariel Hawani. But basically, the reason why all those wrestlers had to change their name was because they didn't want to have to pay the copyright to the wrestlers for owning their names. Like, CM Punk was one of the first people who copyrighted his wrestling name. And so WWE had to pay him for that. But most other wrestlers, their wrestling names were owned by WWE. So WWE did what they wanted to with their names. But, you know, as the indie wrestlers grew up and those indie wrestlers are now like our main roster wrestlers, they, a lot of them own their names and their, their names are their real names. So mm-hmm. Walter's real name, I think is Walter, like, um, or Mia Yim's, you know, like some part of it is legitimately their name and that's why they own it. When I, when I heard that and it was put in perspective of that, I was like, all right, cool. The issue that I had was like folks bringing up that, I can't remember if it was Gunther or it was Ludwig who is technically owned, like named after a Nazi scientist or something like that. And I was like, well, that's weird. But at the same time, I would assume in those countries, those names aren't strange. So does it have to be Nazi related? I don't know. Okay, so that's that's what my point was going to be. I think that Samantha Irving goes a long way. Her announcing of it gets it over. However, Going back to my mom again, when she saw Imperium and with the name and the way they look, she was like, are they Nazis? So and then we hear the name. So it's like the whole presentation of Gunther and Ludwig and I don't know the other one and, and their look and their song. And it's not great. You know, they, there's there's some hallmarks there that or a dog whistle to those who want to hear it that makes us uncomfortable, but it's probably a hard on for some of those other people. And that is what kind of bothers me a bit with it. So while I tolerate it because I've assured 
my mom like no nah, i don't think they're racist or whatever like no they're not nazis and because of the way samantha announces it but if they could have chosen another name i probably would have preferred it as long as it wasn't adolf i mean i'm happy they didn't go that ridiculous right like the problem with some of these name changes is they're like stereotypical what would someone be named from that country, right? Or from that region or whatever. And so that is what makes it even more uncomfortable is it's it's very stereotypical prejudice. Like that's what you would think somebody's name was from over there when you could have like done some really good research and probably found a better name. But I think that they carry it well. Um, and they, in a form, I see the... I like the Nazi imagery in the forum because they are like one band, one sound and black and white and they have their stance and all of that, but they can't help where they're actually from. So like the accent and how they carry themselves or whatever, like that's just who they are. Um, And so we have to kind of separate their heritage and their culture from our history Mm -hmm. or our know what we know about history um and they just they got names that made sense for what their characters were going to be like i don't like butch i think that name is fucking stupid but i hate it i also understand that they're going for like a stereotypical british like name even if it's awful because they didn't want to think about it they didn't want to put any effort into it and they knew if they called him butch we'd be like oh he's european right like we would automatically know he's not american <laughs> he's not like a normal white guy um or even like ridge holland like his name is ridge like that is most definitely not a, an american thing um, oh unless you watch bold and beautiful true um so you know they 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 try to fit them in a box of what that stereotypical person would be. If you met a Ridge Holland or a Butch or a Gunther or a Ludwig or a Vinny Vitti Vici or whatever on the street, like this is what we hope that you see. So Really? Because if you told me those names on the street, I would have been like, oh, is this a pride parade? Now, Vinny Vitti Vici, like Vinny is my favorite. I really don't like the fact that they don't be letting my mans talk no more because they really like they left him in NXT and allowed him to develop his own character. And I was like, nah, he's dope. <laughs> um, but even with like Ludwig and him doing um, Gunther's entrance, that's the most we ever really hear him talk. But it's nice that they're letting them have some kind of character. But I totally understand what you're saying. Like, you sure we just not like a drag show or something? Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I get it. With those names. All right. Now. Did V go to sleep on us? I'm about to ask you. Miss V, are you still here? You know, the next match is our homie. V, you there? We may have to make this a part two. As we almost got through one night. One night. Fucking Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. <laughs> he ruins everything. I, oh. Stay tuned, y'all. We're going to come back with the last two matches for night two and possibly night one. Bye, guys. <laughs> Thanks for coming along on another fantastic journey. Don't miss an episode by subscribing to our podcast and your favorite pod catcher. Let us know what you think of this episode by tweeting us at watchwithyoupod, sending us an email at watchwithyoupod at gmail.com, or leaving us a review. And please spread the word. Add us to your syllabi and cite us.